Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. Let's turn to healthcare. I want to bring in uh, Renee Welk. Thank you so much. What is your solution to ensure that people have access to quality healthcare at an affordable price? Um, I believe the solution, and I I'm, and I'm actually feel very strongly about this, is that we need to have Medicare for all. That's just the bottom line. You're going to have such great health care at a tiny fraction of the cost, and it's going to be so easy. We begin the long and difficult struggle to end the international disgrace of the United States, our great nation, being the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all of our people. Health care is a complicated topic in our country. For a lot of Americans, it dictates things like where we work, how we work, where we live, and even who we live with. I recently met a couple, Larry and Linda Drain. They've actually had to separate after 33 years of marriage in order for Linda to get the health care that she needs to save her life. See, when Larry retired, his benefits exceeded the limit to qualify the couple for 10 care. That's Tennessee's public insurance program. And that placed them in this kind of purgatory where they didn't qualify for subsidized benefits but they also couldn't afford private insurance. Linda has a severe form of epilepsy, and the medications that keep her potentially deadly seizures at bay cost thousands of dollars per month. In the space of like three or four days, we basically made the decision that we would separate. The day after Christmas, five years ago, we separated. I couldn't imagine what that would mean, you know, to be separated. When we took our vows, it was till death do us part. You go day to day and there's this emptiness. There's a hole in your life. You've spent all these years with that person and all of a sudden you're alone. That person, you know he's across town and you're not a widow. And he's not a widower, and you just can't reach across the miles and touch him. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed.
We recorded this episode last summer, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Linda and Larry's story is something that could really only happen at this moment in history when healthcare is such a contentious subject. But let's back up a little. Back to when the two of them met at the University of Tennessee. Larry and Linda were both majoring in social work. They had one class together, human services. Linda sat across the room from Larry, but even though they were in the same room, there wasn't much of a chance the two of them were ever going to talk. I was probably pathologically shy. She was really, really, really shy. Probably on my own, I probably would have never, ever said hello. One day, the professor asked Larry what happens when a person takes heavy-duty psychiatric meds. Larry, for all his shyness, was quick with his answer. Where people's mouths get swollen and they can't really talk. So one day he asked me, he said, Larry, can you tell us how these people with tardive dyskinesia sound? So I started and I went, ah, la, 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 like that. And about that time, across the room, I heard from Linda, ah, la, 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 la. And I'm thinking, what poor taste. I'm trying to be serious. And this woman is making fun of these people. Well, it turned out she was having a grand mal seizure. This might be our first and probably only love story that begins with a grand mal seizure. That's the type of seizure most people picture when they think about seizures. The person loses consciousness and has these violent muscle contractions. Linda has been having grand mal seizures her entire life. She's been epileptic since birth. It has been one of the hardest, toughest experiences in life, but it's been a good thing, too. It's definitely made me a fighter because the seizures were never under control. They were very, very hard. I was having like 15 grand mal a day and even more complex partial seizures. And she was always treated like she wasn't as smart as other people and things like that. And she was, you know, and she could do things just like anybody else. So strange. We're both really shy people. And the grand mal seizure brought us together for whatever reason. I think the day before finals, I was in the cafeteria at UT. She was sitting down and she noticed me walking through and she said, hey, you know all this stuff. Would you help me study for the final? At the time, I didn't realize it was a clever manipulation on her part. I tell myself that now. Anyway, we got to talking and I don't know, something happened. I haven't always been married to my wife, but I don't remember what it was like not being married to her. Linda's always been shy, too. It's part of the reason they work so well together. I could not imagine myself at that time ever speaking out. And I think that the epilepsy made me that way because... I was never really one to make friends easily since throughout my life I had been so badly discriminated against and misunderstood due to the seizures. The epilepsy in that class really did draw me to Larry that day because he did begin to speak to me and I knew that he was somebody I would feel comfortable studying with. They dated for about six months before they decided to get married. They knew right away. It was more kind of a why don't we than anything else. You know, at that time, we had been together for a while. 
We looked at each other, and both of us knew what the other one was saying. It was like, well, why don't we get married? Why don't we just make this all legal, and let's let's get married? And I think she looked at me, and she said, when? She decided she wanted to get married on March the 21st, because that was the first day of spring. The thing when shy people get together is nobody is really all that assertive, and it's kind of one of those things where you look at each other until finally somebody speaks, and you know what to say. We were on the same page when you feel like you have found the only person in the world who's patient with them and who is there for you. You just know you've come into a bond and in a relationship with that person. And I know that with Larry, he wanted to be there for me. And Linda needed someone to be there for her. When you have so many seizures a day, working is nearly impossible. In fact, life is pretty impossible. And it seemed like her life was basically consisted of having seizures, getting over having seizures, having medication side effects. And she went through a lot of time where things were not very fair to her. There were a lot of hard times. There were a lot of times where she didn't do very well. There were a lot of times where I didn't do very well. I wasn't as good as taking care of her as I would like to be. Sometimes it was really, really confusing. It seemed like there were no answers at all. So, you know, things were hard. There were times where, because of work or whatever, I had to leave her alone where she didn't need to be left alone. So we were kind of forged through a lot of hard times. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey, guys. Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. In 2001, Larry was at work in Nashville when he got a call from Linda saying he had to come home immediately. I drove home, and when I got there, I couldn't find her. I went and I looked where we lived, and... I couldn't find her. Finally, I went back in the bedroom, and I pulled back the covers, and she was in bed, coated in blood. It looked like a serial killer had come into our house. That she had been standing on a staircase. She'd had a grand mal seizure, had fallen down the stairs, and hit her face on the banister, and literally broke her face. The doctor finally said, look, because of where your seizures are, medication's not going to work and you need to have the seizures or, or, you know, she basically said your choice is either to die or to get to the point where you can't take care of yourself anymore. Linda had a surgery called a temporal lobectomy. 
It's supposed to lower the amount and severity of seizures. Without insurance, a surgery like that can normally cost $100,000 or more. Luckily for Linda, at the time she had Medicaid. And that surgery, it changed everything for Linda. Instead of being a zombie from all the seizures and being over-medicated, all of those side effects from the meds were over with, and I had less medication, and I just became more alert and more able to function and more verbal. <laughs> and, and I laugh more, and I enjoy life more, and I'm more involved, and I love it. It was a very big positive change. Even though she was doing better after the surgery, Linda's epilepsy wasn't gone. She still needed expensive medications. Medications that, without insurance, would have cost thousands of dollars per month. But it was okay because she had TenCare, Tennessee's Medicaid expansion. But in 2003, the Democrat Phil Bredesen was elected governor of Tennessee. Facing a massive budget deficit, Bredesen made cuts to TenCare. Now, healthcare law is incredibly complicated, even for people who study and work with healthcare law. So to better understand what happened, we talked to Gordon Bonneman. He's an attorney who lives in Nashville who helped Larry and Linda navigate the complex healthcare system in Tennessee. In 2003-2004, uh, Governor Phil Bredesen came into office with grave reservations. He came out of an HMO background. He, he was an insurance executive who had founded and run a health maintenance organization, and he had strong feelings that the program was too generous and covered too many people and covered too many benefits and dramatically uh, altered the program and basically brought it back down to the narrower program that it was before 1994. In fact, it covered even smaller categories of people. Larry was terrified that Linda was going to lose her coverage. That's when he started writing letters to the governor. Here's Larry. And so I wrote him a letter and I said, Dear Governor Bredesen, please do not kill my wife. Around this time, Linda started having more seizures. She needed more help. Larry was 62, and he thought that if he took an early retirement, he could take care of her, and that way they wouldn't have to hire a caregiver. Hiring a caregiver would have been insanely expensive. They meticulously planned it out. And we were going to be poor, but we were going to make it. So I took retirement. Two months after that, the people from Social Security called us in, and they said, you guys make way too much money. And I'm like, how in the world do we make way too much money? And then they said, well, your retirement is unearned income. I said, well, I've worked for it for 47 years. How can it be unearned income? And they said, well, legally it is. And they turned to Linda and they said, we're going to take away your SSI. We were going to lose, she was going to lose over $700 and lose her health insurance too. SSI stands for Supplemental Security Income. It's administered by the Social Security Administration and provides cash assistance for people who are over 65 or have a severe disability. Here's Gordon Bodyman again to explain why Larry and Linda were going to lose Linda's SSI and their health coverage. When you put together their income, they were still below poverty, but they had too much to qualify for the categories that covered elderly in Tennessee, even if you have a severe disability, as Linda does, uh, or if you're over 65. So that's the problem for them. They live in the wrong state. 
if our state had followed the lead of most other states, including most Republican states, they would qualify. But because they had, air quotes, too much income, even though it's below poverty, they fit into these strange gaps in the law where they don't qualify for anything. As a result, we had to advise them the only way that they could qualify would be to divorce. Because in the way Medicaid works, if a couple is married, their combined income is counted, and that made Linda ineligible. So I can tell you, it was not a position as a lawyer that I ever want to be in to look at a couple who've been married for decades and are devoted to each other and say, I'm sorry, but the only way one of you can receive life-sustaining care is to divorce and live separately. And I think that's just a testament to how cruel our laws have been. Here's Larry. So in the space of like three or four days, we basically made the decision that we would separate. The day after Christmas, five years ago, we separated. They legally separated. They still loved one another. They still wanted to be married. But separating was the only way they could make sure Linda would get the kind of health insurance she needed to stay alive. The fact that they had to separate at all is confusing. That this loophole, this strange loophole, would allow her to keep her health coverage. We tried to say, well, she can't live without insurance. If she misses medicine, if you have epilepsy, there's something called status epilepticus, which means you go into seizures until you die. We've known two people who have died with seizures. We're like, look, this is life-threatening to us. And they're like, it's the law. You know, there's nothing that we can do about it. You know, and, and I mean, they weren't hateful people. You know, they weren't, ha, 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 we're going to sock it to you. They were, you know, doing their job. They just said that I couldn't stay with him, that I could spend only so many days a year overnight with him, or that would count as time against me because that would mean I was living with him. And so we have to be very careful not to spend a lot of time together. It all boils down to support. Larry isn't legally allowed to support Linda financially or as a caregiver. If the government believes he is, she could lose her health insurance. The last weekend, we spent four days together those four days is the longest period we have been together in the last five years. We're trying to find out where do we go? What are our options? We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll find out if Larry and Linda have any viable options where Linda can stay healthy and also be with her husband. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. 
And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. So now Larry and Linda are living apart. I can't imagine what that must have felt like. Having been married for so long, vowing to be together until death do you part, and then being forced to separate. It was death. Pure and simple, it was death. It was everything that defined reality, everything that made us who we were, just wasn't so anymore. I couldn't imagine what that would mean, you know, to be separated. I couldn't imagine anything like that ever being a reality because I didn't think that the government ever did such a thing. And when we took our vows, it was till death do us part. I, I was horrified and I was very scared. I was very angry, and I felt like, this is hopeless. What are we going to do? And I didn't know what I was going to do because I have a lot of things that affect my life besides not being able to spend my life with my husband. I have to find answers. It was a horrible experience because... The rug was pulled out from under you. Everything that was true wasn't true anymore. And you don't know where to fight. You don't know who to yell at. You don't know who to say, this is not right. But I missed Larry horribly because I was so used to sleeping with him and holding him. And, you know, that person I love is not there to even touch. And you go day to day and there's this emptiness. There's a hole in your life. You've spent all these years with that person, and all of a sudden you're alone. That person, you know he's across town, and you're not a widow, and he's not a widower, and you just can't reach across the miles and touch him. For me, at the time, I thought it was a process of slowly going mad. What I ended up doing just really is a, is a way to stay sane more than anything else was I started writing letters to the governor of Tennessee, basically saying, give us a chance. I wrote him almost every day, wrote him like about 150 letters. Here's Larry reading one of his letters to the then governor of Tennessee. says, Dear Governor Haslam, this is my 71st letter to you. This is what I wrote. When does one man matter to another? When do ears hear the cries and eyes see the tears and hearts know that mercy and compassion are real choices? More than dollars and cents, more than realism, not real. When is sickness and death not the sentence of the poor? When is care what we do for other people and not doled out in portions to make sure it is not stolen? When is the health of our neighbors a measure of the health of our hearts and not a threat to the health of our wallets? 
When will law become the instrument of justice and not the chains that protect the poor from opportunity? How can we protect the health of our community when health is not available to all? When will freedom not be a weapon against the poor, but the path to a kinder and better life for all? When? Until tomorrow, yours truly, Larry Drain. Larry has never received a response. As Linda and Larry try to navigate their new situation, Linda's doctor told her she needed a medical caretaker. She was falling all the time from the seizures. Larry thought this could be the way that they could finally be back together. I went to Social Security and I said, can I be my wife's medical caretaker? And Social Security looked at me and they said, we would look upon that as fraud. We would look upon that as you guys just trying to get around the rules and live together. Uh, I think at one point we said, well, what if we got a divorce? Could we live together then? And they said, no, we would look upon that as fraud too. Because of your prior relationship, we would look upon that as a way for you trying to avoid the law. So instead of Larry being able to care for Linda, his wife, his love, he had to stay away. They now live about a 45-minute drive away from each other. Sometimes it's not a big deal, but put a lot of miles on the car. Uh, I do a lot of driving. I probably live as much in my car as I do anyplace else. And, and sometimes the gas is just not there. It's just simply not there. And I have to call and say, hey, Linda, I can't come. Which of all the things that I hate in the entire world, that is the single thing that I hate in the entire world, is to call and say, hey, I don't have the gas to get there. I've had times before where she's been in the hospital with crises, with 911 calls and things like that, and I haven't been able to get there. I'm glad I'm here today. You guys gave me a good excuse to be here today. So, uh, but you do the best you can, you know, and, and you try to be kind to yourself and you try to know that sometimes your best doesn't amount to much, but it's still the best you can do. When we are together, it's basically rush, rush, rush or car time, which is stressful because right now the car doesn't even have air conditioning and it's so hot. So we're looking for comfortable places to be together in our brief time. But I just try to be thankful for our time we have and very thankful for life and knowing that this is more a molding and a preparation for something bigger and better. I, I spend, I don't know, 50, 60% of what I have in gas money. We put on incredible amount of miles on the car, just going back and forth and trying to see that she gets to where she needs to get and things like that. The question Larry and Linda get a lot is, why don't you just move? Why don't you just get the hell out of Tennessee? It's a good option, right? Well, it's also a pretty expensive option. You know, this is not a friendly state to us. This is a hard, dangerous state. We want to move out of Tennessee. I have friends in Colorado who have said, move here, we'll help. I've had friends in Ohio that have said, move here, we'll help. I've had friends in Pennsylvania that have said, move here, we'll help. But still, that's like, even if you, if you figure conservatively, that's two or $3,000 to move. It might as well be two or three million dollars to move, you know. Uh, I don't know how to do that, uh, you know. So, in, in a very profound way, we're fighting for life right now. 
Larry and Linda miss the small things, the little things a husband and wife often take for granted. Sharing things, music. I send a lot of concerts to her. I, I do things on Facebook where I'll say, excuse me, but this is a concert for Linda. Three or four years ago on her birthday, I told her that she was still 29 years old. And I sent her 29 songs, sharing jokes, sharing stories. A lot of it is is, is sharing time, is looking and seeing, you know, when you want to tell somebody something. Linda is my best friend. And I miss having a best friend. I've got to say that Larry was always making me laugh. And I never really laughed until after the surgery because I was so sedated and having so many seizures. And I really believe that laughter is good medicine. It truly is. And we did feel good together. And it feels very empty and sometimes we do feel bad when we are apart and I miss I miss that terribly I miss it that when I feel bad I cannot hug him Larry and Linda Drain are the unfortunate victims of politics. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you sit on. We've all loved someone and wanted to do whatever we could to keep that person healthy and safe. Larry and Linda can't do that. We're ordinary people. We don't break the law. We don't get arrested. She doesn't abuse me. I don't abuse her. We're basically decent people. We're just simply ordinary people caught in extraordinary circumstances. We're not the smartest people in the world. We're not the bravest people in the world. We're not the best people in the world. We're not the most talented people in the world. We're just simply ordinary people. And we've done our part and we deserve a fair chance. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Linda and Larry Drain, as well as Gordon Bonnyman and the Tennessee Justice Center. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt, with mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Tyler Klang, and Julie Douglas. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.